All right, guys, uh, let's get this hookup started. What do we have on the podcast today, Robert? Are you throwing it at me? You can't, you can't <laughs> give it to me. Right. Okay, let's do it the right way then. Let's give it to Listen, Come on. There, hey, there, there we go. Yes. There we go. Yeah, what's going on, man? We're like a labor union here. No, we're really lucky. We've got Amy Corn Rivas on today. And, you know, Amy's really passionate about the CCSH and sleep coaching. And I, we're going to really be able to drill down in that with her today. She does it every day of her life. Um, she's got a great history. We'll talk about the intro, but it's going to be fun to have her on today. Uh, she brings a, a different flavor to this discussion. I know that's something, Robert, you're real passionate about is, is that CCSH role. So uh, yeah. what would you like to hear from, from Amy today? Hey, you know what? I think this is another guest that we're going to get to hear the, the enthusiasm that she has for the field. Um, sure. it, because, I, you know, if you're friends with her on Facebook or connected with her on LinkedIn or, or what have you, she is, um, you know, definitely a presence uh, on social media and loves talking about the field and, uh, you know, how she's been able to sort of carve out her own niche um, in her particular area. It's been a long time since I've, I'm, I've seen and talked to Amy, so I'm excited about today. She spoke at a Carolina Sleep Society conference years ago, and I'm happy to hear how things have, have gone for her since then. So I, I think it's really interesting. I had a chance, uh, a privilege to meet Amy and, and one of our previous guests in, in another show I can't, because, hey guys, you know, all the viewers out there, we're recording these at different times. We don't know when it's actually going to be published, but... With that being said, one of the previous uh, guests works with Amy, so it'll be good to see the dynamic, the difference between the two. Um, and I'm, I'm also excited, just like you two, to hear more about the CS uh, uh, Sleep Educator role and, and see her thoughts on it. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, I think you know, you're right. Having Laura Lindley on last week and Amy and she work a lot together, I think it's, it's going to be a nice... Uh, kind of part two to what we heard from Laura last week. And, you know, because they're, they're very much partners in taking care of Laura's uh, company's patients. I think it'll be fun to see how that all comes together. All right. So let's, uh, let's, uh, we finished the, dis- uh, the, the lead <laughs> connecting the leads, <laughs> the hookup. Hey guys, this is raw. So let's, we're trying something else out for you. So let's get, uh, get ready for the actual, Sleep study. Lights out. Welcome, everyone, for another stupendous show of Sleep Tech Talk. The Sleep Podcast, yes, with your hosts and friends, Emerson Kerr, Robert Miller, and me, Dr. Gerald George Monikarot, Jerry, for short. All right, and before we move forward, just want to tell everybody, thank you so much. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe on all your podcast, uh, podcast platforms. Don't forget to hit the like button. Don't forget to give the stars or whatever ratings comments, whatever, please interact with us. We need your help to grow this podcast. It's about you. It's about the sleep tech. That's who we are. That's who you are. That's who we all are. Please, please, please. And don't forget to share it all. 
and and uh, to move forward to tell you what's happening. Emerson, it's over to you, sir. All right. Chuck, sorry. I don't know what I hit over there. Emerson, back to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is fun. You know, we're, we're such a, a, a great group, and we love so much to have our guest today, Amy Corn-Rebus. Amy is uh, such a great friend. I, lo- I actually stole this from your LinkedIn, Amy, but uh, you're a sleep coach, author, speaker, working within uh, 28 countries all over the world to increase their sleep. Um, uh, energy, well-being, and conquer burnout once and for all. I love that. That captures your passion. Um, you know, the thing that it's fun to see is, you know, you earned your MBA back in 2015 at hospital administration. You hold credentials as a registered respiratory therapist and a registered polysomnographic sleep technologist. And you are a certified sleep health educator and a certified coach. Um, your experiences not only include respiratory therapy and sleep technology, but sleep center management, as well as serving as an educator at Valencia College and the Concord Career Institute. That was something I didn't know about you. Um, you've led organizational development and served as president of the Florida Association of Sleep Professionals. I'm pretty sure you probably kicked that thing off. Yes, and I from did. 2010 to 2013, you were president. You You were able to drag that thing along and into a fabulous existence. And you continue to be an active member with our friends in Florida. Uh, You've been volunteering with the AST since 2012. Kudos to you. And you're currently on the board with me as a director at large with the AST. So Amy, welcome to the Sleep Tech Talk, the podcast. We're so delighted to have you with us today. So one of the questions we love to ask our guests because none of us ended up dreaming of being in sleep medicine. How did you get here? I was working in an ER in Kansas City. One night I was there and a patient had come in who had been gored by a bull, right? And everybody was like, oh, you got to see this. This is so cool. And I was like, okay, whatever. And they were like, oh, Amy's a little burnt out. They're like, we have an opening up in the sleep lab. Maybe you could um, go up there, learn how to do sleep. I said, sure, why not? I was like always the person in the respiratory department who put their hand up when it was like, oh, we need somebody to learn something new, right? So I was like, sure. Um, Two days after I went up there, the person who was working there who was supposed to train me quit. They handed me a photocopy of the R&K manual. And said, good luck. (laughs) Um, So I was kind of self-taught. Six months into it, our salesperson from biologics says, we're having a course. You need to come. I didn't even know what 1020 was. (laughs) The the EEG text at that course taught me 1020. And I just read everything I could get my hands on about sleep. And I fell in love with the field. And kept going and going and going and helped grow their sleep lab, made it to a, it's still a huge sleep lab out in Kansas City, moved to Florida and kept going in sleep and just kept growing it in sleep. You know, one of your, um, your passions and, you know, knowing you for uh, quite some time is you're a sleep educator. You know, you, you, you bleed it. There's no question about it. Um, 
but one of the things you you pursued, two of them actually, is the CCSH and your your coaching certification. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about your your CCSH journey. How did you you know, come to want to add that credential to your RPSGT and your RT? And then maybe the evolution of how you you thought that coaching was and having that um, the acumen that 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 training. Why did you want to go in that direction? So I know it's a long a, a long answer for that, but if you could take us it's on. It's really the- not. So the CCSH was a no-brainer. I knew I was going to take it as soon as they had put it out there because I could see the future there. I mean, I was talking about us being advocates for our patients before anybody else was talking about being advocates for our patients. It's one of the things I loved about being in this field is that the doctors actually gave us permission to like educate the patients. And if you knew what you were doing, the doctors encouraged it, or at least the doctors I always worked with. And so, and then they, I would get, I would get phone calls in Walmart from doctors. Like I'm grocery shopping. The doctors would call and they're like, I have a patient who has a problem. What do you think we could do for this patient? And so they trusted me. So when this came along, I was like, I'm already educating. I'm already teaching the next generation of sleep techs right down to my son. I'm already doing all of this. So when I got the CCSH there, I was like, I have to get it. So I'm like number 300 and something. Um, but the coaching was a whole nother thing because when you first start coaching, you think it's educating. And coaching and educating are totally different things. Coaching is all about the patient. It's all about getting them to understand where they want to go, them creating the goals, them being motivated to make those changes. It's like handing a person a CPAP and saying, here, go use it. And then how do you get them compliant? You don't get compliant by teaching them. You get them compliant with, let's create a little goal. Let's build on the little goal. Let's look at, so when I started coaching, I was like, oh, I need so much more education. And so I took a basic life coaching course and learned things like motivational interview and change theory and all these other things that we're not talking about yet in our field. So, yep, that's going to be the next thing you're going to hear me talking about all the time. But I took that course and then I took one in positive psychology because I felt that if we can make what we're doing in sleep about whole life wellness, there people are going to be more motivated to do it. So the CPAP's not about the CPAP. The CPAP is also not about what we do in bed. The CPAP is about what we do during the day and how much better it's going to be during the day. So sleep has very little to do with what's going on in the bed. It's all about what happens during the day. Amy, that's so interesting that you said that because something that the great Max Hershkowitz had said, which really resonates with me, is that if we change the the terminology from sleep medicine to wake medicine, people would have paid more attention to what's going on at night in, in bed. And I I find that. So with that being said, how is it that you approach the whole wellness side so that that it's not just about actually being asleep, but the rest of rest of the life life of a of a person? 
the, the first week is usually about education, but it's also about, okay, what is your bedtime routine? And as soon as you start asking their bedtime routine, and, and, and so you start asking, well, why are you doing that? Why are you scrolling? Why are you watching TV? I can't turn my brain off. What's going on in your brain? Uh, I can't, I, I'm thinking about work. I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about that. So how can we help you get there so you can turn your brain off? Okay. Well, question for you, Amy. I, I, I love what you're doing. It's, it's awesome. And, and to think so comprehensively about a patient, because you, you have to take in a lot of data points from the, the patient and then use all of the things that you just mm-hmm. said to be able to provide the right feedback and course of treatment for that patient. Um, but do you have a do you have a story, a success story that you could tell us that, that would, um, you know, sort of highlight, you know, how you've been able to help transform a, a patient's journey and, you know, maybe take them from, you know, having some type of real significant difficulty. And, you know, now, you know, they are able to enjoy, you know, more normal sleep and, and maybe a, a obviously a better, you know, uh, daytime alertness uh, factor, I would assume. So. I do have uh, several clients and I can think of one off the top of my head. I, I practice, I can't share names, but I had a, 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 most of my clients are in their late twenties, early thirties. They work for Fortune 500 companies. They're middle management, right? So they have stress. And so this person works as an engineer at a company and and he's like, I'm getting four hours sleep. I can feel like I can't concentrate anymore. I can't, I can't think straight anymore. I'm grouchy. My wife doesn't like me anymore. <laughs> you know, we're about to have another baby. I don't know how I'm going to survive with two children in the house and, and I can't sleep. So we started with his bedtime and like what was going on. And he is like, and, and we've changed some of, the ba- we've talked a little bit about the ba- the baby's bedtime routine and little tweaks they can make to that. And then we talked about his bedtime routine and really created a strong bedtime routine for him that included de-stressing, some journaling. I like to use journaling because you got to get that stuff out of your head. It's talking to yourself out loud and we, and turning the, and, I never asked them to turn off the electronics, but for 30 minutes prior to bed. And sometimes we start at five minutes because, you know, giving up that cell phone for five minutes can be a big deal to some of these younger people. But 30 minutes of no screen time, we we created that bedtime routine for him. And then we created a morning routine for him. So he felt good about getting out of bed. And he had a little bit of me time to recharge and start the day. And we worked with him on that. And then we worked with him also on how to de-stress during the day using, I call them two minute breathing breaks, where we do like box breathing or four, seven, eight breathing just for two minutes, a couple of times a day, just to bring that stress down, bring some of that cortisol out of their system because they're going, they're on, especially when you're working on online all the time. So we we did that. And then we worked on, oh, well, how are you recharging? Because we all need to recharge. We all need me time. 
and taking care of the kids and keeping the house clean and helping your pregnant wife and working full time. Where's the me time? So we we worked with his within his family to find like 30 minutes on a Saturday and we have 25 minutes on a Sunday that are his me times. And then he created a gym in his garage that he could go to and work out for a half hour once a day after he had his lunch. So we learned all the different things, but you have to talk to them to do that. But more important than talking to them is you have to listen to them. And so now he's getting seven hours a day, have a new beautiful baby. So his seven hours a day is about to stop. Because that baby, well, that baby's due any day now. So I don't know if the baby's come or not. And our plan is, is once he's home with the baby and they're home and it's like within 30 days, we're going to meet up again and we're going to start making a game plan for surviving that too. You know what I love about that, Amy, is that you're you're not just thinking about sleep. You're thinking about their whole life. You're thinking about every interaction they have and and all that they're doing. So it's because when you think about that, it's sort of like what Jerry was talking about with you know wake sleep, wake medicine. You know, it's there's so many variables that factor into why somebody's not successful with a CPAP or why they're not sleeping at night. And it's easy for us to think of of the traditional terms, but often it's behavior change. So, you know, when I think about, you know, the some of the things that our audience is thinking about right now is, you know, I'm a CCSH. Doesn't that make me a coach? Um, you know, why, what is it that um, you, you figured out? I mean, where, when was that epiphany when you went, wait a second, the CCSH is good. I'm an educator, but I just don't think I have the skills to really coach people. What's the difference between the two? And when was your epiphany that sort of pushed you to, you know, realize you needed those skills to, to go to the next level? Um, the epiphany, I don't know that there was a definite epiphany. Um, I have been teaching forever. I mean, I love to teach. I can't help it. It's like my natural state of being. And when I took that CCSH course, I was like that person who finished it in an hour. And like, I thought it was like the simplest course test. And I was like, that's because it's all about like theory and teaching. And I was like, and so when I started to do some real one-on-one coaching, I was like, I don't know enough about how do we motivate people and what makes their mind tick. Like I knew the skills of how to do relaxation exercises. I knew how to, but I didn't know what made them tick to make that change. Because I know there are changes I want to make and I can't make them. If I, if I could, I would not be as big as I am now. Let's, let's just be honest. So I needed to learn those, those skills to help them move to the next level. And I, and I started with books. And then I started with courses because I, I much, I'm a much more an auditory learner than I am a visual learner. And so courses worked for me. Um, but then you also have to understand the difference between an audio learner and a visual learner when you're teaching them. So it's like, that's part of the CCSH. They do talk about, but they don't talk about it very much. So you kind of have to look at it like, the CCSH needs to to grow up a little bit into 
how does the does the patient tick what is it that we can do to actually help them move to that next level how can we be that wellness coach because when we're looking at these certifications these coaching certifications that's what they're all about they're the uh, i finished my icf i'm taking on the 21st of october i am taking the um National Board of Health and Wellness Medicines Board, given by the medical, um, medical, the Board of Medical Education, or whatever, but what the you doctors take, <laughs> and um, they're hard because they want to know about how to make a person tick, and we just don't teach that in sleep. We teach theory about sleep. We know how the lungs work. We know how the heart works. We know how the brain works. But we don't know what makes a person tick. Well, Amy, that was extremely, extremely enlightening. And thank you so much. But we are out of time. Is there anything that you want to close with before we close the entire show? If somebody wants to get into sleep coaching, I wish they would mail me and I can talk to them about it. And the best email for me is bettersleepcoach at gmail.com. Bettersleepcoach at gmail.com. And we're going to try to have that in the, uh, in the show notes as well. Okay. All right. Well, Amy, thank you so much. We sincerely appreciate it that you joined. And um, like Robert and Emerson were joking, uh, it's very hard to see your passion. For those of you who are listening on the uh, on, on the podcast, you got to watch the uh, you got to watch the uh, YouTube because you're going to be able to see how much of Amy's passion for this comes through. She's truly truly passionate about educating people to get their best lives ever. You can see that through here. And with that, want to close and say thank all of you, all our listeners, all our viewers out there. Thank you so much. Don't forget to hit the like button, to hit the stars, and don't forget to subscribe. And also, do not forget to share this with all the other sleep techs out there. We need more listeners, more viewers. It it grows little by little every day, and it's only because of you. With that, we're going to close, and we're going to say thank you, and lights on. All right, guys, let's disconnect those leads. I want to say this out to the the, uh, audience out there. I am in a car in the Texas heat. My thermometer here says 92 degrees. And that means it's hotter inside because I need to create a studio so everything is closed. So FYI, if you saw me mopping up, that's because I'm friggin' hot. Right. And you know you're in the doghouse. You know what's going on. Uh, that's okay. okay. Yeah. Well, He's right outside his house in the car. Exactly. <laughs> He's at the beach. All right. All right. Come on. Let's back to center. Let's disconnect. Yeah. What hey, I am uh, I am thankful this week to be uh, to be able to rejoin the the podcast. I know you guys we you. were barely able to get through last week's recording without we're me. So uh, thanks for having me back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we are happy to have you back. But well, yeah, uh, Robert, what what did you get from today's uh, today's show with Amy? What did, what was most? You know, I think I think the thing that she said that was um, you know really the most interesting to me was you know sort of her recommendation. You know about the CCHS credential and, you know, that maybe it needs to be a little bit more comprehensive in um, yeah. in some parts of, of that credential, not just necessarily a few things that, that then you get your certificate, but it's, it really, you know, sort of expands how you have to look at a patient, um, you know, if you're truly in that type of role. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think the thing that is is interesting is people like to use the term coaching. And in health coaching and life coaching, there's there's a particular vein that you should follow that leads the person to finding within themselves what the answers are. And a coach, just like with a physical coach, if you had a coach coaching you in a sport, they're pulling that out of you of what your physical capability is. Well, health coaching and life coaching are, are similar in that they're drawing out of you what your capability is as well. And, you know, you know, I think we use that term loosely and that's unfortunate, but I think that you're right. The CCSH to be what it needs to be and, and evolve into its, its, its next iteration is really needs to, to develop that acumen of what it means to be a coach and, and really develop the skill to help people reach a better version of themselves. Cause I think that's what stood out to me. She's not just focusing on the, the sleep of the patient. She's focusing on the overall wellness of the patient. And that's uh, a big difference. Nail on the head. That's, that's what I saw is the fact that it's not just about, okay, are you sleeping and your arousals? It's more about what is this going to do for you, for your life as, as a whole? What is this going to do for you to, for, to improve your productivity at, at work, to improve your overall lifestyle, your interaction with, with your friends, family, your coworkers, all that? Uh, to me, that's the biggest impact here. It's not just about I can't sleep. It's about I can function the next day. Um, but, hey, guys, we're, sorry. It, one more thing. And it, isn't it interesting that she didn't give us an example of a sleep apnea patient, by the way, which I thought was was actually, um, you know, yeah. pretty telling that it, it, it's, you know, we we think sleep apnea all the time because yeah. it's just, you know, it, it's our it's our DNA um, almost as it relates to sleep. But, you know, for her to pick a, a, a patient example where it's someone who's just dealing with certain life factors that are contributing to, um, you know, a, a lack of sleep and, and then trying to give incremental strategies to that person to help them. Um, in fact, following Jerry on social media, I thought it was you, Jerry, because she talked about journaling and, and doing things to de-stress. And uh, I know that's you, man. Hey, hey, I, I got to do what I got to do, right? But that's how I stay that's I, right. I sleep at night. So <laughs> that's right. All right, guys. Uh, thanks so much for disconnecting. And uh, until next time, see y'all.